Hi, I'm Tatune, and I identify as someone with a disability. Hi, I'm Morgan, and I also identify as someone with a disability. So let's talk mental health. So, how are things with you? Uh, um, one course down, one to go, and I'm really excited about next year, um, because I'll have you. <laughs> so yeah, we, yeah. we figured out our schedule, so that's pretty, that's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, that was a wild time, and I was so stressed. Yeah. Because like, I was worried I wasn't going to get in my courses that I wanted. Yeah, the feeling was mutual. I mean, at one point last week, we didn't really know. Um, yeah. But it's been a week to the date, and yeah. now we have a schedule, and we can just uh, rest easy knowing that we have our courses left. Yeah. And we're so close to graduation, so. Yeah. It's been interesting going through, and I know we talked about accommodations last time, but like going through the process, I feel like it was so much more stressful this time. I feel like there was so much more room for error. And I also have an issue with like, I need to be in control. Right. It's like where my anxiety comes from is from a lack of control. And I think that comes from having a disability. There's yeah. only so many things that I can control about my body. Yeah. And then the rest of it just kind of happens. And then I have to like compensate for it. I know for me, that's kind of where it stems from, but like not having that control over something that I know I could control. Yeah. That for me is very stressful. I can relate to that because I think the one thing that was stressful about this experience uh, with our schedules was just the not knowing, yeah. the waiting, and the several conversations, um, and still, mm -hmm. you know, not having an answer as to what was going to happen. Yeah, I think that was really stressful. But I mean, the one thing that really helped me was knowing that you were in the similar yeah. situation and that we could navigate together mm -hmm. and we had that support where you know i would text you yeah. in a panic and you'd calm me down or yeah. you would text me and I, I would you know calm hope i calmed you down <laughs> yes you did <laughs> but it was it was great going through it together but yeah. i could not imagine how more yeah. stressful this situation would have been yeah. if we had to do it um alone yeah well and the one thing that i've also been seeing a lot on social media too is with having disability we have to advocate so much and with something like this like it just adds an extra thing on top of we're already burnt out yeah. from advocating for just being able to live our daily lives and now we have to add this extra thing on top I'm, I'm very thankful that you know we both have very strong advocacy skills and can advocate for ourselves but for those who are either newly diagnosed with something or who you know maybe don't have the words and communication to be able to express that yeah. it's so much more work and exhausting for them and I think that that can really take a toll on you know how you perceive the world and I even like it it took a toll on how I perceived like our our institution as a whole yeah right and like even just post-secondary institutions yeah, and absolutely. all of that and like how Edmonton was doing I'm like is this really the direction we're going because we're trying so hard to go in the other direction right so like I was worried that you know we're almost regressing in a way I agree, and and to be honest with you, you brought up some really good points because we we have strong communication skills um, and the confidence enough to to feel like we can navigate through this. But there's so many people that might not, and if it was already frustrating uh, for I can speak for myself, for me, mm -hmm. I could not imagine um, you know dealing with this. And maybe and maybe that's why we don't see so many people with mm -hmm. um, exceptionalities and disabilities in institutions yeah. like this because. They feel like there's such a mountain to climb, yeah. and if they don't know how to navigate that, then mm -hmm. why even try? You know, hundred percent. I mean? Yeah, yeah, and like I feel like my communications was a blessing and a curse because I know yeah. part of it comes from genetics. Like 
me and my mom, we both talk a lot. Everyone says we sound the same. Right. Um, but my communication also comes from trauma as a trauma response. So it comes from previous situations of not being heard or not being seen. And so like, I'm, I'm very thankful that I built up those communication skills so I am heard and I am seen. But like, also when I go to do those things, I feel like I'm very forward. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the balance of like, how much do I wait for them to do yeah. their job yeah. versus me be there and be like hounding them for everything. Cause I've had to do that yeah. sometimes with certain people. Yeah. So I'm like you, yeah. I, I need it resolved now. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit of just my OCD. Yeah. Um, just why would I stress about it mm-hmm. if at the end of the day, if I didn't try now, right? Yeah. To resolve it. Um, but with this situation, I felt like we didn't really have a choice. Yeah. Um, it was literally left to last minute mm-hmm. until they posted a sign saying, yeah. you know, if you're not registered for class after this date, yeah. then contact us. And then we took that first opportunity to right. say, okay, that's the date. Yeah. <laughs> you need to rectify this problem. Yeah. I hope we can, before we leave, yeah. kind of bring that to light yeah. and so that others don't have to go through this because it is stressful. Yeah. And... I mean, those accommodations are there for a reason, but at the end of the day, if it's not going to, if it's mm-hmm. going to hinder, yeah. right, your ability to take classes or mm-hmm. be in classes, then we can tweak it. Yeah. We can, we can resolve that. Yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting actually going through this now because I've been through years of therapy. Yeah. And so for me, the way I would have reacted to this many would years ago would have been like 911. We're, this is a crisis you mean like where i was yeah <laughs> morgan what is going on yeah so i'd have been like this is a yeah. crisis life is over like i'm not gonna graduate yeah. like this is but now like i was able to to think about it a little bit more logically which yeah. for me is is great but it took so long to get to that point yeah and and, and now like when i reflect back with my education in 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 all of its entirety Mm -hmm. like I would have given up if Mm -hmm. this was younger me yeah right I would have just been like see I tried and it wasn't good enough and why try again yeah so for me uh I felt like that energy that you had to kind of say okay let's wait or let's Mm -hmm. do this or let's navigate through that just us kind of collaborating and coming up with ideas to Mm -hmm. to um navigate through this problem I think it really showed me some skill sets that I could use in the mm-hmm. future. Yeah. But I mean, I wish, I hope this podcast um, becomes that inspiration for others. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. And, and you know, you have rights and you have, mm-hmm. um, you have the ability to navigate through that. And even if it doesn't work out in, in a week, it might yeah. work out in a month, but it's so worth trying. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because all I can see is I need to graduate. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what I told them downstairs. I'm like, I need to finish these courses. Yeah. Like, you can't tell me they're full. Yeah. Like, I'm just not going to take that. No. Right? So. Yeah. And and I hope um, others see that, you know, you can always work out problems. Yeah. But I think other people need to also realize that people with disabilities do have to navigate so much more yeah. than, than the average Joe. And to add to that stress, mm-hmm. I think is, um, some people might not have the skills to navigate through that no and it could be that they're almost at their breaking point and that's just one more thing that you know causes them to go into a panic and have like maybe some sort of mental health episode I know like for me certain little things have caused me to to end up having you know mental breakdowns and all that stuff and like even with one of my courses I remember going to like my instructor basically crying and I was like hey like I'm in group projects and you know I'm really struggling to communicate with my group and just like I'm really stressed and we're not going to do well and all these things and I actually wasn't proud of what we handed in but we did well but I'm not sure if it was because of 
she saw the reflection of I was trying, but I was also going through, you know, surgeries and I was going through other yeah. stuff that was a lot. And that was a breaking point for me. Um, but what really got me through a lot of it was the community that we've built here. Yeah. The support from like program, our program director yeah. and um, just even from our instructors or, you know, our family and friends and people that we've met and just the people in our courses as a whole, like they were the ones who really helped with my time. So I was really struggling mentally to, to yeah. cope with all of this stuff and all of the changes because yeah. a lot of the stuff that we've experienced here and even like in my previous post-secondary and all that stuff, there's, there's constantly changes to yeah. the system and changes to things. And it's already hard enough to navigate the system. So yeah. when there's changes, they think it's going to make it easier and more smooth, but for us on our end, it might even make it more difficult. Right. Right. right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I like that you brought up the whole community and environment because mm -hmm. I feel like the one thing I can take away from this course is that it teaches you a little bit of compassion mm -hmm. that I think you see people in a different light mm -hmm. after taking this course. Um, you start to realize that there are hurdles and, mm -hmm. and, and with that comes compassion, yeah. right? And you try to help navigate through that, right? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things too that I really realized is that I like to be in control and I like to be the one who makes decisions and does all that stuff and takes control of all my things and I you know at a very young age wanted to take control of ordering all my medications ordering all my medical supplies and all of these things but then it got to be a, to a point where I all of a sudden went oh my god like I have so much on my plate now yeah. that I got so overwhelmed and but I felt in order to get it done right I needed to do be it control, yeah. And it's the same thing like cleaning my room or anything like that. Like I just despised if like somebody went into my room and decided to clean it or do something because they need something for my room. And that for me made me feel like I wasn't in control. Right. And now I'm slowly, as I go through these things, I'm slowly realizing how and when I can ask for help and that it's okay. And that I still have control when asking for help. It's not like I'm asking for help and then just handing it to somebody and saying you deal with it I'm actually able to collaborate with them and I think asking the right people yeah because sometimes I'll ask someone and they'll just take it over um but now I think the people in my life are starting to realize that I want to still be a part of it right but I just need their extra assistance of like where do I start who do I ask what do I ask um and so that's been a huge mental like flip for me especially with this program and like being in the disability field right we I neglect to to remember that you know when I was a kid we had a team of people right. that were you know helping support me and you know when I hear you know like I'm doing a job and I hear that they've hired somebody else to come help or take over a shift or whatever just because they needed a different service that maybe I couldn't provide I go oh my gosh like is that me yeah is yeah. that me are you replacing me yeah. But realistically, it's it's a, it takes a village to be able to Absolutely. give a person the life that they want, yeah. and it's the same for me. Like advocating for myself and building that community, right? I need to, you know, be able to build that team that helps me get the life that I want because I can't just do it on my own. I've tried; right. <laughs> it didn't go well. <laughs> right. Um, that that's excellent, actually, because my perspective as a parent, I feel like not only do I feel like I have to be in control of my life mm -hmm. and I don't know if this is universal for all, all parents but all of a sudden when you take on you know the responsibility of being a parent yeah all of a sudden you have to be in control of their life right. as well right yeah, for, yeah. Well, hopefully not too long <laughs> well, <laughs> but, real. yeah but it, um so so just when I thought like I was nailing the whole tune 
aspect yeah. of life all of a sudden you know i was of, of course i was blessed yeah and uh but it even it goes to a different level yeah when you have to be responsible but i mean i think the key is knowing how to advocate and just knowing that like you said having that really good support system mm-hmm. whether it's a spouse or your family um i think that helps but yeah. i think but i think the key is knowing how to advocate for yourself because mm-hmm. no matter what even if you have that spouse like you said sometimes mm-hmm. you'll delegate some people yeah. but they might need you more yeah. than they, they can support you right? right so i think the key is just knowing how to advocate knowing how to communicate and knowing how to um get what you need across mm-hmm. so that you can have the right people in place to yeah. help you get there yeah so it even um i mean it doesn't stop no and it's 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 interesting for me because when i'm talking to you and i'm getting that perspective from you i'm looking mm-hmm. at myself as that young girl yeah and going yeah you're right like i remember being there mm-hmm. but once you nail that and yeah. you and you want to test the next chapter of your yeah. life which might be you know yeah uh, marriage and kids and all that yeah. stuff all of a sudden it gets into a different level yeah because it doesn't stop no because your husband goes to the store and doesn't know what you exactly. want and then they call you 50 <laughs> times and be like hey i love is you this the right one? <laughs> <laughs> but um so yeah yeah absolutely like you end up being the decision maker for not only yourself yeah. and and i think it's just uh, we need to change the way people perceive mm-hmm. uh individuals with disabilities because you know i think i think we're more capable yeah. We just need to be heard. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the, that's yeah. all I wanted in this whole process. Right? Oh yeah, with the with um, courses for next year. Yeah, it's just can you can you hear us for a second? Yeah. we we get that you have a process, but yeah. we don't fit in your process. Yeah. So can you just look at us as like just different cases, mm-hmm. right? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Just yeah. just be heard. I yeah. think that's what everybody wants, but yeah. more so people with disabilities because yeah. don't you need to respect how much effort goes into mm-hmm. saying, and how much this we is know yeah because i think a lot of people forget yeah. that we actually know what we're doing and like you know i yeah. once you know even brought it up to my parents about moving out or i talk to people and then they start you know rambling on about all the things that i need to know and all these yeah. things i'm like you realize that you haven't actually asked me what i do know yeah yeah right yeah. and it's one of those things too where like i don't know if you've had experience going to therapy or anything like that but for me like there was a lot of time where I didn't feel like you're saying I didn't feel heard and I feel like going to therapy was the first time I ended up like and I ended up in therapy because I had like a huge mental breakdown and I just like whoa who am I and I hate going to therapy I hate talking about my things but my therapist was the first person who validated me and made me actually feel heard and that not everything was my fault right right and that took a huge just like weight off of me of knowing that I could go there I could talk about whatever I wanted and by saying back what she is hearing from me and like you know validating my experiences which I think is really huge because you know with disabilities you know we can complain about the world all we want right but it's a matter of like are people going to take us seriously and are people actually going to listen to what our thoughts and right. feelings are, which I want to be that safe place for people. But I also know that I can have that tendency of just like, like, Oh yeah, that's the way the world is. So yeah. let's just like live with it and move on. Yeah. But like, it's also, you know, like I want people to still feel validated and like they're being heard. Yeah. Even though, cause especially if you're like nonverbal or have like exactly. other things, like yeah. it can be really hard. I remember I was in the hospital and I had an NG tube, which was it was a vacuum one so it was thicker than a regular ng like feeding tube right and it went down my throat and it hurt so bad so i started signing with my mom because i just like talking hurt so much 
there was one nurse where I remember one night I was just like having a really hard time because I hate like things being in my face yeah. and in my nose and my mouth and all that stuff and she was the first one I think to like validate that I was scared right and so she got me like anti-anxiety medication it didn't help but up to that point right. I didn't feel like anybody and this is the other thing with mental health is I don't think people recognize the signs and symptoms of trauma yeah. or just like even anxiety and stuff in general because I feel like a lot of people with disabilities have anxiety and trauma right um but she was the first with the territory yeah exactly mm -hmm. but she was kind of the first person to to realize those signs and symptoms and actually do something about it mm -hmm. um and make me feel comfortable enough to to you know ask for that help right yeah, no, I think that's a valid point because w right now I'm taking mental health um, course and mm -hmm. that's the one that I'm taking in spring. And we talk about trauma and how how people with disabilities come, it, it comes sometimes with yeah. that package and I think it's because the world is not really designed for us no. yeah. in so many ways, right? Yeah. And, I think, and, and, and I think that can be traumatic, but it needs to be recognized yeah. because I don't have to go through a war yeah right to feel those feelings yeah um so yeah it's it's definitely something that we need to talk about mm -hmm. more often and recently there's been um i've been doing some research on like ptsd and all that kind of stuff and right. there's a diagnosis called complex ptsd and basically the difference between traditional ptsd and complex ptsd is traditional P ptsd um you have one traumatic isolated event yeah. And that is what triggers, you know, all of your symptoms and all your stuff. And it all comes back to that one event. Um, and it could be maybe one or two. But with complex PTSD, it might be something that is, like, so from... Yeah, it's ongoing. So it's constantly happening. And so the first time it isn't traumatic. But the sixth, seventh, eighth time it's happened, then it slowly becomes traumatic. Right. For me, falling. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. though... It might not seem like it, right. but falling in public is oh, yeah. really traumatic for me because it's all eyes on me, and I can't control it. It's mm -hmm. going to happen. No. I mean, and people go, <gasps> yeah. and then you go, <gasps> yeah. and it's just like you want to be invisible. You just want to like melt yeah. away. Yeah. And, and you know, it's easy to say, well, it's not a big deal. Don't feel that way. It's it's I do feel that way. Yeah. And maybe you need to change your reaction, uh -huh. right? The next time you see someone with a disability falling, just yeah. recognize that. You know, if they need help, they'll ask you. Yeah. But just let them have, let them be invisible. Yeah. How yeah. about that? Yeah. You know, let them get up in a way that's dignifying for them. Yeah. And let them just carry on. Yeah. It, don't make it the biggest event of the day. No. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's traumatic for me. Yeah. But people don't get that. You no. Know, even even families. Yeah. Sometimes they say to me, "It's okay. Like if you do it all the time, it's yeah. not not a big deal." But it's, it's the reaction yes, 100%. That's, that's being traumatic to me. Yeah. And it's almost like you you know yeah. like when you're on the floor, you're just like, oh, gosh. Like, yeah. I wish I could just, like, yeah. you know, I wish there was a hole in this wall and I could right. just disappear in it. Yeah. It's, it's, so we people need to recognize maybe mm -hmm. maybe it's not such a big deal. Yeah. And when it is a big deal, I'll let you know. Yeah, if exactly. If I can't get up, yeah. I'm going to ask for help. Yeah. Right? But just let that person be. Yeah. We, we shouldn't make it such a big deal. Yeah, because, like, I, I'm the same thing with falling. Like, I get very anxious, like, when people make sudden movements or make that yeah. <gasps> noise. Because yeah. then I go, oh, my gosh, like, is this actually... Because for me, like, you're saying, like, it, it's falling. Like, yeah. We, we, everybody you falls. mastered it. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> well, maybe you have. I haven't. <laughs> I have mastered it. I have not. Uh, um, right. 
But, like, it's one of those things where, you know, if I fall, I go, oh, my God. But then everybody falls every once in a while, right? And so I'll fall, and then I'll panic in that moment. But then as soon as I'm on the ground, I'm like, okay, well, I'm on the ground, so I can't fall anymore. Right. And so I'm like, okay, I'm good. I just need to sit here for a second. I know it's going to hurt my body, so I just need to, like, wait for my body to calm down. And, but, like, people, their panic lasts longer. So they go, she's falling. And then I'm on the ground, and then they go, oh, my God, and they run over. And that you have a crowd. Yeah, and that, for me, makes me panic of, like, oh, my God, is something wrong? Like, did did I land on, like, attack, and I just can't feel it? Or, like, what's happening? What do they see that I don't see? Yeah, and so why are they still panicking, even though I'm on the ground now and I'm fine? Like, you know, the fall has ended. Right. And so it's that running after me, and it's that, like, you know, like, rush tone of voice and that oh my god are you okay right and I go well yeah like I just fell for me like that's also a trigger is when people go <gasps> then I start to go oh like I don't know what's happening like is something else going on that I don't know about or, right yeah I love the fact that you said trigger because secretly in my head I don't yeah. know if this is true mm-hmm. but I feel like the less reaction I get yeah maybe I'll have less falls. Yeah. Like, because that anxiety of yeah. walking oh, the anxiety. comes with the anxiety yeah. of falling. Yeah. So maybe if I felt like if the world just reacted normal to my falls, yeah. I wouldn't fall as often as yeah. maybe I do. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because it would just be, walking would just be such a yeah. natural form. It's like taking a test. If I mess up on this yeah. man and then you mess up, exactly. like it's, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which test anxiety, man, that's real too. Oh, oh boy is it <laughs> especially if you're not getting the um the resources that you're required to yes. get it, it could be very um yeah do you want to talk about that so yeah so i'm i did an exam and it was to be done either through the computer pro- proctor uh what is it called uh proctors yeah proctors like where they have a person the yeah watching that- you yeah, so you have to, like, scan around the room and right. say, like, I'm not cheating. Exactly. And then the person watches you actually take the test. Yeah. So those were the two options. But okay. because I have accommodations on my computer, that wouldn't work. So I had to do it in the right. the center, the exam center, testing center. Um, that experience was very rough. Um, I just felt like it wasn't a warm environment at all. Mm-hmm. And even though uh, I know that I'm supposed to write the exam, there was just certain questions that I had mm-hmm. prior to and there was just no willingness to even help me navigate through that and I felt like I get why it's mm-hmm. such a serious environment yeah but at the same time you're not dealing with someone who's trying to cheat yeah so what, what would be the harm in saying here's the software mm-hmm. here's where you open it and here's how you log into your test there would be no harm in that right um but it was just not a good experience and later on in the exam i found out that one of my accommodations um i needed to have a login password and mm-hmm. i didn't have that and when i try to um you know when i try to s- tell the, <laughs> the individuals that um again it was just oh well there's nothing we can do about it uh, it was ridiculous. in it was in a situation where i could pause the exam and go and find out right. or even even if i had to find out myself Right. I was willing to do that, but there was just no options given to me. Yeah. Um, but it was just a really cold environment. Wow. Yeah, and it was it was not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't feel like I did the best that I could have done. Mm-hmm. Um, just because my anxiety level and my 
the whole reason I'm even in that center is because yeah. of test anxiety and that just that whole coldness mm-hmm. just in heightened that yeah and it made it unbearable so to the point where I was just like okay I just need to do this and get out of here mm-hmm. and I called you immediately after <laughs> yes and I'm glad I, you did yeah because I needed to to um vent but it, it it was that's something actually um it's going to be number one on my list for next year because yeah. I would like to talk to whoever's in charge and mm-hmm. just say, this is not how, right. especially if you have a learning disability, if you have accommodations, if you're a person with a disability, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, why is accommodations there? Yeah. If at the end of the day, it's not approachable. It's not there. It's not yeah. friendly. It's not, you know, it's, what is that? Yeah. That brings people with anxiety, even more anxiety. So yeah. what are we doing? Yeah. So yeah. That's on my list. Yeah. And it shoot, it went top to my priority because that's fair. Because I mean, testing is is something that's going to be there in some courses. Yeah. Um, but it shouldn't be this difficult. No. And like my, so one of my, just like bringing up the seriousness that people sometimes have in those environments. Like one of my coping mechanisms for my trauma and for my anxiety is humor. Right. And to, you know, have a chance to laugh about things. And, you know, if I'm in an uncomfortable situation, I'm the worst to be in an uncomfortable situation because, like, I'll try and start cracking jokes and things like that, which sometimes is okay. And sometimes it's like, you know, maybe now's not the time to do that. But that's how I cope with a lot of stuff. And so, like, you know, even in the hospital or things when they're trying to explain things to me, um, I'll try and crack a joke. But, like, sometimes people will laugh and sometimes they won't because they're like, they think it's more serious than how I'm taking it. But really that's my way of saying, you know what, I, I understand this is serious, but yeah. also like, you know, I want to see a lighter side to it. And yeah, so I mean, there's, and it's all about body language, right? Yeah. It's all about how you approach people. And I, I just didn't understand why there had to be such a coldness. Yeah. I mean, we're all there to do a test. I get it. I yeah. wasn't being loud. I wasn't being, yeah. you know, I just... And they have a job assistance. to do. Exactly. Like, but it didn't feel like that. Right. It felt like everybody was there just to say, that's your room number and that's yeah. where you need to be. And then once I was there, I was just expected yeah. to figure that out all by myself. And I was just like... Yeah, they weren't willing to work with you, but they were all. more just like, you're the student and I'm the person yeah, in charge. That's yeah, that's how it felt. Yeah. And I was just like, but... But I paid for this course, right? And, and I paid money to be able to, you know, to be here to do this test. So, yeah. uh, no, that's not gonna that's not gonna work. And I felt yeah. like I was bothering them because I kept I, I even though it was cold. Oh yeah. I kept asking and asking and mm-hmm. asking, and to the point where they were just kind of like, oh my god, we can't wait until she left. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it felt. Yeah, that's it shouldn't fair. feel that way because test anxiety is real, mm-hmm. and if we don't respect it, imagine how traumatic. Yeah. Like, right now, that experience for me is, is I don't ever want to do a test again. But that's yeah. not reality. No, I yeah. I might have a course where I have to do a test. Yeah. And I feel like instead of feeling that way, I, mm-hmm. need, to, I need to figure out who to talk to. Yeah. To just show that that's not necessary. Especially right. if, I, if you already know I have accommodations. Yeah. What's the big deal? I'm not coming to you to say I need accommodations and yeah. having to prove my case to you. Yeah. You already have it on file. Yeah. You know that I need accommodations. Yeah. So what's the harm in just saying... Okay, I don't have these answers, but right. we can pause the test for you. Yeah. Would you, can you come with me? I'll take you to the accommodation center and we can talk to them. Right. There'd be no harm in that. How right. am I cheating if you're coming with me? Yeah. Right? To get those supports that I need. If yeah. you're not the one who's able to provide it to me. Exactly, yeah. Right? So it just, if to me, I felt like uh, you're not respecting test anxiety. You're yeah. not expect. You're not respecting accommodations. If this is how you're yeah. treating individuals that come to you yeah. to do the test, and we didn't have an option to do it at home. If we did, yeah, 
uh, I would be so much more comfortable because I'm very familiar with my mm-hmm. softwares, right? Yeah. I didn't have that choice. I had to come to you. Right. So then why aren't you providing support to me? Yeah. You know what I mean? That makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah, so there's a lot we got to work on, Morgan. Oh, so much. I'm going to start with me, yeah. and then we'll work on the rest of the yeah. people. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, mental health is like had such a huge impact and I didn't realize how big of an impact it had on my disability and like the way I perceived myself in the world um until I started going to therapy and I also didn't realize just how my disability also like affected my mental health and how the relationship there like that there's a two-way relationship and it was just wild seeing and hearing how my body was manifesting trauma but also like how my body was causing some of the trauma and it's like okay but I live with it every single day so like how can it cause that many issues but realistically it's you know it's it's like people with maybe body dysmorphia or different things like that where you know you live with it every single day so it just becomes this buildup of like things and so it's it's really interesting the way the brain is wired also if you have like learning disabilities and stuff too Mm -hmm. that also will affect how your brain is wired so seeing how trauma and all that stuff can play into that and anxiety and why it's so common is probably because the wiring in the brain uh, because of learning disabilities and things like that they're, they're the connections aren't there and you can't think you know logically make those connections until right. you go through treatment of some sort and right one of the treatments i do is it's called emdr and basically you have it's to rewire and rebuild those connections that maybe got lost so instead of thinking so emotionally about something it, it you think about it emotionally and logically at the same time. So you're not taking out the complete emotional part, but you're trying to diminish it by, you know, connecting the logical part to it and saying like, okay, you know, I, I, I it was traumatic when somebody said this and now I'm understanding that they're saying that because that was the only tools they had at the time and they didn't know how to react or how to respond. Recognizing the triggers. Yeah, which was really interesting. And yeah, it's, it's a quite interesting process to go through. Right. But I mean, I'm glad I'm doing it, but it's like a lot of work. What would you say to someone who's on the fence about going to therapy? Oh, do it. Do yeah. it. It's going to scare the shit out of you. It scared right. the shit out of me. But, like, it's one of those things that, you know, it's... The, the hard part is you have to find a good therapist. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I say go to therapy. Yeah. yeah. But, like... Not everybody yeah. jives together. Exactly. And so some people are like, I'm never going to therapy again because they've never found the right therapist right. for them. And so for me, it was just a matter of finding the right person who I vibed with on a personality level as well. Yeah. And so I, I would really encourage people if they can't find someone who yeah. you know, they have that same relationship with, at least find someone who can be that support to you, but also like recognize to the, the reason I like going to my therapist is because this is their job. Yeah. You know, I have people who come to me because they want to vent, and I don't mind people venting, but if I have five people venting all the time about stuff, right, then... You own their... Then I own their stuff, and then it it becomes hard on me, and then I go, like, and I'm I'm getting better at it where I just, like, my inbox is open, you can write whatever you want, sometimes I'll read it, sometimes I won't, and if it just means that you just get it out of your system, then, like, all is good. Right. But some people, they just look to talk, Yeah. and I'm not there to talk, I'm help. I want to help them find a solution. Right. So I think if you want someone just to talk to, or if you want a solution, a therapist is like a great yeah. way for both. Yeah. Um, the the hard part I've been finding with a lot of people too is like, if their age will cover it, or yeah. if their you know their resources. financial and resources mm-hmm. like will all cover it, which sometimes it can and sometimes it won't. Yeah. And so that's the hard part too is you might find someone who's really good, but then 
your insurance or whatever doesn't cover it. Yeah. Therapy isn't cheap, man. But you're investing in your mental health. Exactly. And so for me, it was worth it. 110%. And like, I didn't, and there was a lot of things that it brought to light that I didn't even realize that I'd shoved so far down. I was like, you know what? That doesn't even matter anymore. Right. But really they were kind of the starting points to some of these things that were manifesting. And so, yeah, long story short, I would say just everybody go to, go to therapy, go see somebody, talk to somebody. One of the things I really want to see implemented in like more disability, disability clinics, a psychologist has to come and see you because in adult clinic, you know, we get the we get the option to ask for it yeah but everybody deals with trauma everybody deals with it and it's hard when your parents are in the room or things like that so you can do it in adult clinic where maybe your parents aren't there then maybe you can start bringing to light some of these issues yeah i think that's that's i think that's really good because yeah you don't want to you don't want to dish out some stuff no yourself yeah in front of like your family because maybe that will you feel like you're stressing them out or just just the right to privacy, I think, 100%. too, right? Yeah. yeah. And I agree with finding the right person because I, I think I mentioned this to you. I mm-hmm. I had counseling one time and I was just like, mm, I don't think you get me. Yeah. I don't think you understand, like, you know, the severity of my emotions, yeah. right? So, I mean, finding the right person, I mean, it might take a while. Yeah. Um, it might take a few tries. It might not. It might be a great hit from the first time. Yeah. But it's worth finding that person that jives with you. If it's not doing something positive to you yeah maybe it's because it's not the right mix because every every personality is different right yeah yeah well that's good yeah what about you what would your advice be um yeah um I see your point about people wanting to talk Mm -hmm. and sometimes if I especially me too like I feel like if I can't find a solution for you yeah I I didn't really do anything good for you right so I, I agree with your um with your, you know, just saying that sometimes the people that you're talking to might own those emotions because mm-hmm. I'm very emotional. Yeah. And if somebody is hurting, then I, all of a sudden I feel like yeah. I'm wearing that emotion as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I think counseling is really important and I think we don't really see how important mental health is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's really, it, it doesn't really matter the clothes we put on our bodies. It's about how we think and how we perceive ourselves yeah because sometimes you you're down on yourself because you think that you're not worthy of it but then sometimes you just need somebody to tell you that you are yeah and 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 I think that's what this course did for me like I, I never had the confidence as a person with a disability I'd never even talk about it or I, I think I mentioned this to you like I was really shy I just never mm-hmm. I already I already got too much attention so for yeah. me it's like saying those words like I have a disability or I identify mm-hmm. with some, as someone who has a disability was not something I would do yeah right 10 years ago um, but <clears throat> after becoming a parent and after coming into this course I just want to be the best me mm-hmm. um, and I think this course um, kind of it, it, it shows you the tools yeah. on how to do that even for someone else yeah so imagine how much you get for yourself right so taking this right Mm -hmm. so the whole point of this course is to support individuals with disabilities and and you know bring them joy and supporting them through all channels of their lives but Mm -hmm. what I really realized is that I need those support yeah and and now you're showing me the tools that I could do for myself yeah right and that's really impactful Mm -hmm. so and part of that is mental health and I think Mm -hmm. that's why we take the course yeah um in disability studies just because there's so many types of trauma when you say trauma 
people think of, you know, um, people running war from zones. war zones yeah. or people who are sexually assaulted, yeah. right? Or um, homelessness, yeah. right? But it could just th- be th- getting unwanted help. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or not being able to, like, walk. Yeah. Like, your body just gave up on you and you're in pain yeah. and you just don't know how to navigate going to the bathroom. Yeah. Right? So trauma comes in so many forms yeah. and I think we just need to be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the other things I wanted to bring up too was like dating. Oh, so let's talk about it. Yeah, let's do it. So for me, but I think we have to do a whole podcast. Oh as yeah. Well. <laughs> we'll do a whole podcast episode <laughs> yeah. on dating, but yeah. the one thing I wanted to bring up is like, so I tried the online dating thing Yeah. and there was, you know, like I had talked to a guy, I went on a date and you know, all went well, we were going to go on a second one. And then, um, you know, like we started talking about some stuff. And the one thing that I, it was started off as a, kind of a social experiment and I wanted to see how people reacted to my disability. And so I, I was actually surprised that almost nobody asked right off the bat. Right. Like some people were just like, you know, I want to see what, I, I want to know the story behind this photo or whatever. And like, they saw like my disability in the photos, but like I never outwardly said I have a disability. I, you know, played it as humor and joking about it, but right. like I never straight out said it. and. I know, like, we talked a little bit on, like, the date I had gone on. We talked a little bit about, you know, like, is surgery a constant thing that I'm going to have to go through? And I was like, well, yes and no. Like, I really don't know. It's kind of an unknown. And, you know, like, a couple – we were going to go on a second date. And then a couple weeks later, you know, he said, like, oh, I'm actually not really feeling it anymore. And so we stopped talking. But for me, you know, like, whenever that happens or whenever I get ghosted or anything like that, I go, oh, my gosh, was it the disability? Yeah. Was that – you know what part of it was it when I, I don't know and does that freak people out and I'm glad like glad people will weed it out before like we get too far into it and they go and eh, this isn't my gig because like unfortunately my disability is a big part of my life like it controls part of my day or it's parts of my day away. Yeah. no and like it controls how I live my life and my yeah. day and um so the um thing that I um have been trying to wrap my head around is like you know with dating is how to not let it like my mind go to it's my disability right off the bat when someone isn't interested anymore but also knowing like you know that is a part of my life that I want them to accept so can I ask you a real question sure what if it is well then I'm glad that they're gone right and that's like the thing that's the harsh reality yeah some people can't handle um, it, it is yeah it just is yeah and like I'm okay with that yeah. and I'm really okay with it but it's yeah. more a matter of like you know not letting myself feel like my disability is going to be a hindrance in finding someone right absolutely but and I love the fact that you said and if it is yeah then that's not the person for me exactly you recognizing that is even better because yeah. what if you can't recognize that what if you're the person that says wow like what if I didn't have this issue yeah what if I didn't have this disability I would be with the person that I you know dreamed of yeah sometimes you you invest yeah right sometimes it's not off the gate exactly sometimes you're investing in a friendship and then you're wanting it to become a relationship and then that becomes the you know the decision point for that person yeah so so I did kind of come off those dating sites I'm still on them but like I didn't I haven't like invested time in them anymore right and it's just partially because I I'm I've always been kind of someone who wants to naturally meet somebody yeah. and become friends and all that stuff and so I'm focusing on the relationships that I do have with my friends and yeah you know seeing if because I already know that they accept me and my disability for what it is yeah. like if 
if that's going to manifest into something in the future, then great. If yeah. it's not, then I'll find someone, obviously. But it's been an interesting experience going from not knowing somebody to all of a sudden being like, hey, this is my life and this is, um, you know, my disability and all that stuff if you want to date right. versus, like, them kind of getting to know me and how I live my life and how I yep. I see my life and how all that stuff. How independent you are. Yes, How that rock too. star you are. Yes, yep. that too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so just, like, all of that. And so, I don't know, it's been an interesting experience just mentally it was so much work I felt right trying to maintain a relationship with someone I had just met right like, yeah and you know with the idea that we were going to potentially be dating right 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 and that for me was very stressful yeah no and and I'm gonna give you like sisterly advice yes please advice please and as as cynical as I am and yeah there are people that will have issues especially when it comes to like relationships yeah but there are equal amounts of people that won't. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And it's just about timing. And yeah. I think it's about just um, looking for that right person, right? Yeah. As long as your interest, and I think that's the I think that's the goal. Yeah. Look for someone who has the same types of interests as you, the same passions as yeah. you, right? Um, and then somehow the earth just aligns yeah. all of us together, right? And there are, I mean, it will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's not, they're not all like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's equal. Yeah. I think, I think even men who have disabilities have oh, yeah. equally the same amount of issues. Yeah. In terms of finding um, relationships. Yeah. But it, it, it will happen because mm -hmm. even though there are like, you know, four people that might have an issue with it, there'll be one person that doesn't. Exactly. And it's so worth it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, my husband and I have already been married 10 years. Wow. And it's like, but, that's my person right you know and it just it it, it it works yeah and and I'm happy that I was I love love yeah. you know and I was willing to put myself out there yeah for it and it, it worked and it, yeah. it does work and there are like stories like that yeah many oh yeah yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah sometimes I watch um TikTok and you'll see like the bride yes who's in a chair and then on her wedding day she's yeah. like dolled up and then yeah. she wants to take the walker and yeah. walk down the aisle and and you know there's a lot of like I, I, I love as much as I don't like social media I also like that part of social yes. media the part that's real yeah the part that's not fairy tale right. you know um, to have like a lady who's in a chair represented that way right and and usually in those types of situations her mate is not he's able-bodied yeah or she's able-bodied yeah. and it's just that beautiful mesh of two lives that are different yeah but they come together for for love mm -hmm. right yeah and so i think yeah. yeah this is definitely a topic we can go on i on know because that's what i mean like so many theories of like do we date able-bodied people do we date people with disabilities yeah. and like what's it why do we have preferences yeah. and all that stuff yeah so i think maybe in our next episode we could talk about that mm -hmm. but to yeah. be continued guys yes <laughs> but thank you for joining us yeah thank you stay well stay healthy and I think we'll we'll continue talking about mental health yes. and um, let us know what you guys think. All Thank right. you. Bye.